Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in hour number three, Thursday edition of the program. Want to encourage all of you to make sure that you download the podcast. Go subscribe, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. You can give us five stars while you are there. And you can also get the fabulous work of Tudor Dixon, Carol Markowitz, and more to come in the 2024 calendar year if you want to make sure that you don't miss a moment. As many of you, along with me, will be traveling during the holiday season. That way, you will ensure that you don't miss anything, including our good friend Michael Berry, who will be hosting from down at our monster affiliate in the Houston area, Michael Berry. We'll have the show during the week of Christmas, and we thank him for taking care of that. The Czar of Talk and our good yes. buddy does a great a great show, so be sure you tune in when he's uh, guest hosting. No doubt. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I, Buck, I, I was going to talk about the fact that we're a month and a day away from Iowa because I do find that fascinating. But as I'm looking down, our, our staff just found a couple of clips that I wanted to play, uh, for both of you, uh, both of you, for all of you, hopefully more than Buck and my mom listening. Um, uh, I think what we have entered into as we prepare for 2024 is an era of lying that we have never really seen before for media propagandists. And, it's one thing to say, hey, because you could make this argument. I don't think Joe Biden should be impeached because I think impeachable offenses should be reserved for the highest level of crimes and misdemeanors. And whatever Joe Biden did in your mind does not rise to that level. I think you could say it as a reasonable person about a variety of different political scandals over the last 50 years in America that we want to reserve impeachment for the absolute worst scandal. Certainly, Democrats didn't do that. They impeached Donald Trump for asking on a phone call about the corruption that we now know was involved in 
Hunter Biden getting on the Burisma board for Ukraine. So the standard that Democrats have put forward for impeachment is incredibly low. Certainly Joe Biden would exceed that. But I wanted to play uh, a couple of cuts that have to do first from our friends at The View, Anna Navarro, who is ostensibly, I think, still, is she still a Republican, Buck? Like, I know she's been a Republican in the past. Ever stood for as an adult, and you totally switch sides, and you attack all your former friends. To really make it as slimy as possible, Clay, you got to say you're an independent. That's what they do. Okay. Because if they just go full turncoat, you know what I mean? This is the, this is the way that, that it goes. Here's what Anna Navarro said on The View. She said, what Republicans are trying to focus on with Joe Biden and what they're trying to impeach him for is just being a really good father. Listen to cut 23. Joe Biden's crime is being Hunter Biden's father. And being Hunter Biden's very loving father, very good father, very supportive father. Look, did he use his last name to make money? To Did he monetize on Joe Biden's last name? Yes, he did. That's not a crime. Did Hunter Biden cheat on his taxes? Yes, he did. So he has admitted it. He paid it back. He paid it back with $600,000 penalty. 15% of Americans cheat on their taxes. Say that again. 15.5% of Americans cheat on their taxes. And you know how many get prosecuted? Less than one. Okay, first of all, this is so dumb, Buck. There's a cheating on your taxes. This is the argument that that I think is important to note. 15% of Americans don't fail to file a tax return. Even imbeciles file tax returns. Hunter Biden did not file a tax return in 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and I believe 19. Really? He that didn't many get years? charged That's more than oh, I yeah. thought. Yeah. He didn't get, I think I'm accurate on that. Team, look it up. He didn't get charged at all or even made to repay all of the taxes that he cheated on. I think it was for the 2014, 2015 years, but it might have been 2013, 2014. The two years that they walled off. So, again, when they say people are cheating on their taxes, I think to a large extent that is a disagreement about which taxes are owed. And the IRS and you can go back and forth. You can get audited like I am. The IRS came to me, Buck, and said I owed $39.75 in extra taxes in 2021 which I paid $39.75. I can't even go to Chick-fil-A for what they said I owe them in back taxes. I cut the check. I think I made it for $39.76 just to make sure that I had covered all the bases, maybe get a one-cent refund there. Um, that's not at all what's going on. And people are not charging Joe Biden with being a good dad. You see the crowd cheer like, oh, yeah, they're after him. No, no. Joe Biden, it appears, based on a lot of evidence, allowed his son to engage in representation of America's biggest geopolitical adversaries and or flashpoints, get paid tens of millions of dollars, maybe get some of that money to him, because nobody's talking about the fact that Hunter Biden withdrew $2,000 in cash every day for multiple years. Think about how hard that is to do. Everybody out there listening, how many of you have ever even withdrawn $2,000 in cash from an ATM? much less do it every day. I think there's a possibility Hunter's given his dad cash because it's hard to track. But $2,000 a day for years, hookers getting paid, everybody else, 
Nobody's coming after Joe Biden because he's a dad. That's It's just a lie. And certainly so, they're not coming after him because he's a good dad. This is something along the lines of uh, plausible deniability for the, Demo- the standard Democrat voter. And what it is, what it's turned into is this allows them to say, okay, Hunter Biden broke the law fine, but it's sad. He deserves our sympathy. And, in fact, he's only being prosecuted for political reasons because why did they lapse on all these other charges? And it has nothing to do with Joe Biden. And that's what really matters. This is the line, right? This is what they can, because so simultaneously, there's going to be a massive cognitive dissonance with, oh, it's, it's so terrible they're in a Hunter Biden. The four indictments of Trump, however, are totally on the up and up, and those are just law and order and not political at all. You have to have a problem in the, the core functioning of your brain to think that those two things are true at the same time. There is a real cognitive dissonance that they're going to have to embrace. But Clay, this just creates a narrative. It's like I, it's like I said at the start. What a lie a lot over and over again. That's the and strategy. Even Ana Navarro, they are saying he paid his back taxes. No, he didn't. A Biden crony, a lawyer in Hollywood paid the back taxes for Hunter and now Hunter's paying it back with his finger paintings. One of the funniest things from Hunter Biden's, uh, uh, discussion yesterday, I thought Buck was, and maybe we can just pull this, this sentence. Hunter said, my dad was never involved in my business ventures or my artwork. And I'm like, come on. Well, he was trying, I do think he was trying to be funny with that. Yeah. He was trying to be, but I mean, it is funny to think like, oh yeah, like uh, he's getting $500,000 for, as you said, I think accurately his finger paintings. All right. That was one clip. Here's the other clip. Cause I, I think we have to keep hammering this home. The NAACP said that people want Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University, held responsible for her plagiarism and her inadequate defense of Jewish people on campus because they are white supremacists. And I thought maybe this is just the NAACP. The reality is, no, 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 accuracies. She said also, this is all about racist propaganda campaigns. Listen to Cut 26. When you think about the fact that Harvard, this nation's oldest university, had about a 370-year explicit racial quota of only hiring white men to be the president, it's laughable to think that the first ever black woman following that unbroken line of white racial quotas is the one who's unqualified. I mean, this is kind of the beauty of how racism works. If you are black and you don't achieve, if you don't succeed at the highest echelon just because you're lazy and you're not smart enough. If you do achieve and you do succeed and you do rise to the top of your profession, it's because you didn't deserve it. So as uh, Toni Morrison said, this is all really a distraction. Um, Chris Rufo is, is not a serious person. Oh, he's definitely a serious person. Start with that. Hold on. Also, one. Toni Morrison's been dead for a long time, right? The Nobel Prize know. laureate. Yeah, she's a great writer. But Toni Morrison didn't comment on anything having to do with, with the Harvard, unless she came back from the dead. Toni Morrison is a Nobel Prize winning cool. author, very talented. But she did not comment, as Toni Morrison said, what, she came back from the dead and commented on the contrary? Also, white woman at Penn lost her job. Was that racism? Uh White woman at MIT still has her job. Two contradictory ideas in your head at the same time and believing somehow that they're both true, even though they contradict each other. And we have yet another example of this here. Nicole Hannah-Jones, when she says 
the the point about a black woman earning you know her position at say Harvard or a very senior and prominent post. Okay, um, if you ask Nicole Hannah Jones, should we have affirmative action where we change standards and and change test scores and change academic requirements for professors and scholars? She will say absolutely. So in this in the same you know the same individual this is the cognitive dissonance point they will say change the standards to elevate certain people and then when you say okay so you're changing the standards to elevate those people they say no that's racist how dare you can't be both you're either changing the standards to help or you're not and also at some point don't we just have to be responsible for what we do instead of what people did hundreds or thousands of years ago i just i'm sorry i was born in 1979 buck what year were you born 81 82 81 yeah okay so you're 81 you're about to have a birthday i think right i i am it's gonna get up there happy early happy early birthday so i'm I'm at the point where i start to forget my age actually yeah i mean i'm like i don't really pay close attention uh 79 81 i legitimately believe this is true I think anybody your or mine's rough age has had an equal chance at success in America. Now, everybody doesn't start the same place, right? Because the actual best privilege anyone can have, beyond a shadow of a doubt, two parents, right? If you're fortunate enough to grow up in a household, the data reflects, with both of your parents married, then you are getting a head start. No doubt about that. Your parents both married. They both have incomes. They both work uh, and or one stays home, whatever. you got a two-parent household. You have a huge advantage. I legitimately do not believe, based on my entire life, I was a public school kid, K through 12, Nashville, Tennessee. I don't think anybody around my age that race impacted whether or not you were successful. I, I legitimately one billion percent believe that. And I actually think if you do believe that race impacted whether you were successful or not, that you are likely to have benefited from affirmative action, that your race has elevated you to a level that you would not have attained but for affirmative action. I, I think that a hundred percent. And I would love to hear someone explain why I'm wrong. When right now in America today, the stat that no one can overcome, you say it to a left-winger, their face breaks, basically. I'll give you two. One, Asian men and women out-earn anybody in the United States of America. If this were a racist country, how would that be possible? Second, immigrants from African countries within a generation out-earn white people in America. If America were a racist country, how would both of those things be true? That would be awfully difficult to accomplish in a racist country. Now, if you want to argue in the 1930s, in the 1940s, certainly in the 1850s, that America was a racist country, yes, but the whole world was racist. But why not focus on what's going on in America today as opposed to what happened hundreds of years ago or outside the lifetime of the vast majority of Americans. The average American today, Buck, is 34. I believe that's correct. The average American was born in, like, 1986. A lot of you out there remember 1986 pretty well. Do you think 1986 to now, do you think America has been a country that's steeped in awful racism? Of course it isn't. 
And that's why the eternal lie, the foundational lie that's being sold right now is that America is a fundamentally racist country. It's just not. It's not even close. Maybe the least racist country in the entire world. I agree. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got to spend time with Dutch Mendenhall. He's the co-founder and CEO of Rad Diversified, and he's creating opportunities for investors to learn about and take part in alternative investments that are meant to create wealth and allow you to enjoy the American dream on your terms. Dutch earned my trust, so I actually chose to make an investment myself with Rad Diversified's help. And Dutch and I spent time together on stage over a three-day weekend with hundreds of people that came out in Tampa. Tucker Carlson was a keynote speaker. My friend Lisa Booth from Fox News and so many others joined the conversation. Dutch had a good 2023. He became an author and wrote a book titled Money Shackles. He takes on the topic of carrying debt. That's Dutch's phrase for it, money shackles, car loan, home loan, school loan. Well, Dutch gives you his strategies on how to use debt to your advantage. Dutch is on a mission. He wants you to understand the future of alternative investments. Get ready for the redefined American dream with the book Money Shackles. Learn more at rad, I'm sorry, therad.com. That's T-H-E-R-A-D, therad, therad.com. Break free from your money shackles today. The supply chain of smarts, sanity, and truth. Uninterrupted. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Clay and Buck. You know, Clay, there's one thing that you and I haven't talked about yet today, but maybe we'll get to over the course of uh, the show, maybe just a little bit here. It's actually a Washington Post piece about why people line up early at the airport. Have you seen oh, this? Yes. And and I just I have to wonder what's going on here. They went to some psychologists say and they said, quote, people use other people as sources of information and so they get in line early. They got you know, people do a weird thing if they think it's the way to behave. Basically, it's like contagion theory. As in when someone gets up early, someone else is gonna get up because they're like that person's getting up and and they block the entryway to get on the plane. For everybody, the plane is not leaving till the people that are there get, like, they're not going to let you, you know, waving at them. Why can't we just all be civilized and board in order? Why do we have to have the congestion at the one door that lets you onto the plane? I suspect this has to do with bags, that they don't have enough space for the bags in the hotel. I mean, in the hotel in the airport. But they won't I, let you on early. I get I also believe that the luxury of getting on an airplane should be able to get on at the last possible moment. Like, I, I want to sit on an airplane the fewest, the least amount of time as possible. I don't want to board first and sit there for 30 minutes while everybody else boards. I want to get on like 30 seconds before the plane takes off. Every product that my pillow team makes is a winner, including their latest product, my towels. You go into stores... Towels feel soft at first, but then you get home, use them, and they aren't absorbent. That's a whiff. My towels do what a towel is supposed to do. They're absorbent and soft. What makes the towels work type of cotton they're made with, and you are going to love it. Pick up a set as a Christmas gift for somebody right now because you can get a six-piece set as low as $29.98 with our names Clay and Buck as the promo code. And if you're feeling fancy, you can get the designer premium line for just 20 bucks more. Uh, today's the last day you can order them. Still get free shipping with no minimum spend. They're required. Get hooked up, especially you guys who wait till the last moment. Go online, mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square, 50% off. Use our names, Clay and Buck, as the code. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I said we would take some calls, and we will now in the third hour of the program. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Thursday. We've been breaking down uh, the polls now, continuing to move in favor of Donald Trump. Uh, what do we expect to see coming forward uh, in Iowa and also the discussion surrounding white supremacy and the protection of Harvard's president. Um, such ridiculous arguments there. I believe uh, we have Jason in Texas asking a question that I think is one of the most interesting as we look forward to voting in 2024. Jason, what's your question? Hey, gentlemen. First of all, um, I'm a U.S. Army and Desert Storm combat veteran, but I went to Australia in November of 1987, and Clay, do not eat the Vegemite. No matter what anybody tells I've heard it's super good. popular there. I've read about it. I've been doing my reading. Have you ever had it, Buck? I have. It's not good. Don't yeah. do it. Um, and the Aussies are so that. friendly. I... They'll, they'll convince you and they seem so convincing. They're like, oh, try it. Don't try it. Uh, that is, uh, I appreciate the tip there. I've heard uh, a lot of feedback on that. All right. So thank you for the service too, by the way. You were asking a question that I think 
is one of the most interesting about the 2024 I, I election. I figure it out. I cannot figure it out. And and for years, it didn't matter because the elections weren't always as close as they are now. But especially to you, Buck, because you grew up in New York. I'm a Southerner like Clay. Why do why are liberal Jews even after October 7th? Uh, liberal Jews have voted for the policy that funded October 7th. Liberal Jews voted for the policy that appeased Iran. And what I don't understand, we talk about red-pilled moments and stuff like that. You've had people call in and say, no, there's been no change. And my liberal Jewish friends, I've never understood why liberal Jews vote the way they do. And what I'm convinced, they could run Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar on the Democrat ticket, and liberal Jews and people elsewhere in the country would vote for that ticket over President Trump. I don't understand how. It's a fantastic question. Yeah, I mean, this is this is like PhD thesis level question, and I wish you know some of our very good friends who who are you know Carol Markowitz does a podcast with us, for example, on the Clan Buck Network, and she's obviously uh, Jewish, and uh, uh, David Ifun, a very good friend of mine, he's Orthodox Jewish. You know, he calls in and talks about these issues. So you know, there are people that could speak. I can't speak from the eye perspective on that, right? But I can speak from the observer perspective. Um, and, and, you know, growing up in, in New York and understanding the political dynamics there. He, here's what I would say, and to reiterate what Clay said, it's a fantastic question. Um, conservative Jews are, are surprised by really nothing that has happened for, you know, since October 7th in terms of American politics. They know already. Um, and they tend to be, uh, more religious as well in their Judaism. So you have a lot more Orthodox Jews. Um, or, and, you know, and there's a whole span here, but you'll have a lot more Orthodox Jews who align on social issues, on defense issues, on, you know, government issues with conservatives, Republicans, and the right wing. Liberal Jews who tend to be, what, about based on the, like 60, 65%, I think, of the, of the American Jewish vote tends to go Democrat. And within that, there's a whole span of how liberal are they, right? I mean, how far, but the more, the most left wing Jews tend to be very much non-religious entirely. Like they're, they're Jewish by culture, by tradition, um, by background, but they're not ideologically practicing Jews. That's, that's one component of it. And they tend to be the most left wing. So basically there are atheist Jews. There's a lot of them or, or, you know, completely non-practicing, non-religious Jews who tend to be the most left wing. And the, and your point about Rashida Tlaib, they will vote for people who are very supportive of Palestinians, for example. I mean, you know, Bernie Sanders, uh, is Jewish and Bernie Sanders is incredibly left wing and generally very supportive of, say, the Palestinian cause. And, you know, there's a lot of Jewish academics. I studied with some Jewish academics on campus, Clay, who were very critical of Israel. I mean, so this wasn't a, you know, there's like a, a Norm Finkelstein has written a book called The Holocaust Industry. I mean, there, there's, there's left-wing Jewish intellectuals who are very critical of Israel and very supportive of Palestinians. But that tends to be, and again, this is, this would be a, you know, you could write a book on this, you could write a whole PhD thesis on this, or, uh, this would be though where you see usually the more practicing somebody is in their Judaism, the more conservative they are and the more left-wing they are, the less they practice their Judaism and other ideas, ideologies, socialism, social justice, etc., is what pushes their vote. Does that? I know that's a lot. I, I think that makes sense. I also think I would add a couple of other things. One, I think it's tribal. 
And what I mean by that is it, they picked a team. And if you're so first, let me say, I think there will be some Jewish movement. I, I do think more Jewish voters will vote Republican based on what they have seen happen in the wake of October 7th. And there's analytical data to support that. For instance, the amount of Jews watching Fox News as this uh, conflagration with Hamas has gone on has skyrocketed. And you'll see, I mean, this is not me just saying it. New York Times write about it. A lot of Jewish people out there said, man, I never would have believed that Fox News was so fair, right? Because MSNBC and CNN have been reflexively opposed to the Jewish uh, perspective. They've been trying to make excuses for Hamas. So I do think there'll be movement. How much movement is the question? If there is not a lot of movement, Buck, my thesis would be two things. One, people are tribal. And if you are paying attention to Rashida Tlaib or to uh, Jamal Bowman, left-wing aspects of the Democrat Party, that's I, one. I'm oh, sorry, go you ahead. Sign, go you go sign ahead. on with part one there that there is that cover, basically. Like, you're a member of the tribe. You're a fan of that team. And you are the, then The, the Democrat tribe you're talking The Democrat tribe, Democrat. Yes. yes, yes. And you're going to continue to vote that way. Second part is, um, I think there's a lot of social pressure to Buck's point on if you're not particularly religious and you live, let's say, in Hollywood or, you know, I went to GW, which at the time was like 50 percent Jewish. You define yourself by your liberalism in your community. And if you are going, you're almost a heretic. You're a person who's standing up and saying, actually, you know what? I got this wrong. So it's not only that you might be a member of that, you know, Democrat tribe. It's that you're afraid of alienation from the people who are friends of yours if you have the willingness to say, hey, I'm changing. Did you just say heretic? Yeah. But in a, in a funky way? I've never heard it that way before. Is that, that not the way it's a, supposed to be pronounced? I don't know, but that was an interesting one. That was new. I was like, what this was is, I'll word? be honest with you. I read way more than I listen. So there are all sorts of words that I know that I read in my head, and I'm not right. sure if I'm pronouncing them the right I was, way. I said credo was credo for, like, you know, th- the first 35 years of my life. So, you know, we all I used we to all say tyranny people. instead of tyranny. Uh, yeah. Because, again, these are words. So, heretic, did I mispronounce that? How would you pronounce it? Her- heretic, no. How did I say it? Heretic. Heretic. That was um, a new one. I was saying that was cool. Yeah, I, was like, I, I just... I have no idea if I pronounced that word correctly. But basically, you're turning your back on everybody that has always been on your side before, and it's hard to do. And so those are if there's not big movement, those would be my two arguments for why we're not going to see it. Mark my words, there will not be big movement. People will forget about this. And anything, I'll say the war the war has basically positive that can occur, Buck is skeptical that it will occur. That's a little I bit. I think that's fair. Is that's, that fair, team? Is that it's, fair? If I'm like, hey, I think there's going to be a positive movement here, Buck's like, ah, it's not going to happen. Everybody's going to get off my lawn, Clay <laughs> Travis. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think there's going to be any movement in the vote overall. I think you there think will overall be, the exact same Jewish vote that we saw in 20, we will see in 24. Within five, within five percent. I would well, say five, within five percent. Five points would be a huge move to me. Like if you went from 65-35 to 60-40, that can swing the election. I mean, I said within five. So I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's not going to so be you exact think under, same every year. Under five, if you had under to say, five, yeah, it'll be an under five. So if you, if it hits five, you know, Clay got this prediction right. If it's under five, I, I don't think it'll move all that much because I think that people are going to forget, uh, unfortunately, about what you know what has happened and how the Biden administration has responded to. Uh, they're such cowards, but that's that's not that's not a surprise. 
Um, and yeah, just to the, the point that the, or rather the question or, uh, that called in, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated, but it's a little bit like, to be fair, and I can speak to this one. A lot of Catholics vote for the Democrat party. Yeah. And, and, and what's interesting is a lot of people who think they're good Catholics, and I don't cast any aspersions or hold myself up as a good Catholic or anything like that, but I do know, I mean, I, I took, I went to a high school where you had to be baptized, confirmed, and practicing, meaning your parish had to confirm you went every Sunday, like you had to be a Catholic who was doing the Catholic stuff. Um, and the whole, there was an absolute mandate or requirement for the school. And we had four years of required theology and it was not a joke class. It wasn't like, you know, pop your headphones in and listen to Metallica. Like it was a, basically a church history and doctrine class. Um, and all these Catholics who vote Democrat, I sit there, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. But they've bought into the social justice, commie stuff of like, share the wealth or whatever. I'm like, really share the wealth? What about like, you know, abortion in the ninth month? What about, you know, the uh, trans kid stuff? What about you to go to the line and they go, whoa, well, I didn't really think about that that much, you know, but they, a lot of Catholics, I mean, you know, look at Pelosi and Biden. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, that, the, the question was, should the Pope give sacrament, right? Wasn't that a discussion about that with, uh, with Biden before in some of those, yeah. uh, some of those well, meetings? The question right now is, is the Pope Catholic for a lot of people? But that's a whole other discussion. Man, that was such an awesome trip to get to go to Vatican City. Um, I, I'd never been. I went in March. It was, it was really, really cool. Um, by the way, one answer for why people are voting Democrat, there's not enough testosterone in the world. Um, if we had more testosterone, this is what the data reflects. You know, men are voting Republican right now. I saw the most recent poll, 6535. 6535. It's becoming the case that if you have testosterone in your life, you are rejecting left-wing politics and Democrats overwhelmingly, white, black, Asian, Hispanic. Maybe even higher the percentages would be, I sound like Yoda, if we had more testosterone for every man out there. And this is the time of year, I guarantee you, there are a lot of you out there listening to me right now, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands that have Christmas parties tonight. And you already are like, I don't want to go. And if you don't have one tonight, you got one tomorrow. You're going to finish the week. You're going to be tired. It's going to be Friday. You just want to go home. You want to prop your feet up. You want to chill. And you got to go to a Christmas party. This is the time of year when if you don't have a great deal of energy, you can get run down. Testosterone is the energy furnace for men. It's what provides a lot of our vitality. You know you can get a 20% all-natural increase in your testosterone level if you check out Chalk's Male Vitality Stack. It's all-natural. You just take it. Three months' time, your testosterone levels can go up 20%. So if there's even a hint right now of decreased energy, why not as a New Year's resolution try out all-natural Chalk supplements? You can use my name, Clay, to save 35% off any Chalk subscription you choose for life. That's choq.com. My name, Clay, for 35% off. Put some testosterone back in your life and inject some more into the country with chalk.com. Choq.com. My name, Clay. You know them as conservative radio hosts. Now just get to know them as guys on the Sunday Hang podcast with Clay and Buck. Find it in their podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts how could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, everybody. Christmas season, Christmas spirit is upon us. Very, very exciting times. And I know a lot of you also have uh, have some travel tips for Clay. You know, Australia is a place I've always wanted to go, never been. And to me, it's you got to have at least a week, two weeks better, maybe even three weeks, uh, which I think is what you're going to be doing. So Clay is going to be there. Just want to be clear, he's fine. He He's so he's far. Gonna, he, yeah, it's going to be we're, – we're telling him to stay away from – uh, still brackish bodies of water because of the saltwater crocs. Um, gotta watch out for the saltwater crocodiles. And, uh, you also have to watch out for the great whites, the box jellyfish, the tiger sharks when you're out in the ocean. And then you gotta be careful for like the inland taipan and I'm sure a whole bunch of different pit vipers and, uh, even the, the, Weird but somewhat adorable duck-billed platypus has a venomous spine uh, behind its one of its feet. So, After oh, all and, my animal thunderdome talk, Allie has a cassowary fix. She's scared of cassowaries more than anything else. I'm like, who even knows what a cassowary is? After all my animal thunderdome talk, and a lot of you out there listening know that we did this for a long time um, on the Outkick uh, show that we did for Sports Talk Radio, and actually, uh, Danny G, my producer on that show. 
and I are going to be doing an Animal Thunderdome show once a week that we're going to put in the in the uh, podcast feed. Totally fun, ridiculous, just animals attacking humans. I really feel like I'm going to die by being attacked by an animal in some way. It just feels like sort of poetic justice. So don't don't doubt that whenever I jump into a body of water, I definitely think I'm going to get eaten by a shark. Like, I'm jumping in even though I anticipate that a shark's going to eat me because it feels like the narrative completion. Much like, sadly, the crocodile hunter. Anybody who ever watched Steve Irwin back in the day? Did you watch Steve Irwin back in the day, Buck? Of I course. Mean, everybody uh, I, I, I loved Nature Channels and all those shows. Yeah. and all. I was loved a big fan that of that show. stuff. He put himself in peril with animals all the time. And then he ends up getting killed by what? A stingray, right? Stingray, like, uh, which is really, really hard to do, actually. Yeah. But it just was a freak accident. The spine or the, uh, you know, the stinger basically, whatever, yes. hit him in the aorta. Which is crazy to even think about for anybody who's been photographed, like picking up a stingray, like, um, but. It felt like on some level that he was going to get killed by an animal because of how much peril he regularly put himself in with deadly animals. And obviously a huge part of that was the saltwater crocodiles, right? I mean, he had a crocodile farm in Australia. I think that was what was his background to begin with. And he used to just, you know, be running and dodging crocodiles and everything well, else. They, they called him the crocodile hunter, but really he was like the crocodile hangout guy. You know, yes. he didn't hunt them. He was like, Hey buddy, let's talk. And, um, you know, sometimes they don't just want to talk. That's the problem with crocodiles. Yeah, I, no doubt. And so as I, uh, as I get ready for, I'm, I'm doing all the research because I, I like to read about where I'm going to go first. And the Australian history is really pretty fascinating, Buck. I mean, you know, a lot of people, I think, not recognize the penal colony aspect of it. But you know, Australia, I don't think most people recognize this is basically as big as the United States in terms of geographic, uh, uh, scope. Yeah. But it only has, the population of Florida. So you're imagine the United States if only people lived in Florida because much of the the middle part of Australia is almost completely uninhabitable, so it's all around the coast. Anyway, I cannot wait. I leave there, go there tomorrow. I'll be with you guys hanging out tomorrow, and then I'll be going on the longest plane flight of my life. Yeah, we're hours. excited for you to return to radio with a leather vest and a necklace with a crocodile tooth on it, and then a very large, like, you know, Bowie knife, you know? So, uh, crocodile that is, that Dundee is my plan. I, I would love to meet good. Paul Hogan at some point, if he's yeah. still alive. I gotta give it a Australian accent's tough, I gotta say. Of all the accents, I don't know, it's, it's a tough one to pull off. Here, so. I'm gonna blow your mind. I might have mentioned this on the show before, but everybody think about this as we leave. Did George Washington have a British accent? Something close, to your Something close to Thomas one. Thomas Jefferson, all of those guys. Benjamin Franklin, probably so. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans. He was our roadie. 
And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.